Pemberthy held her husband's hard-edged gaze defiantly. Her eyes then wandered deliberately to the four thin scratches that scored his left cheek. The scratches were nothing, she thought, but the wound to his pride would be considerable. When she first saw them, she knew the time was right to approach Edward again with her plan. He would want some sort of redress now. His advances had never been refused. She wanted to comment, then thought better of it. He might mistake her interest as jealousy, suspect there was more to her plan than simply ridding themselves of Adam. That would not do. Not at all. Edward sat sideways in the spindle-legged chair opposite his wife, throwing one of his legs over the chair's arm. His position effectively removed the scratches from her sight, though he knew she was well aware of them. He had offered no explanation for their sudden appearance, but Barbara was not a fool. She knew how he had come by them. He wondered if it amused her. I thought the matter was settled, he said. Barbara stopped fiddling with her emerald dinner ring and folded her hands in her lap. I recall we did not so much settle the matter as table it. Honestly, Edward, your reticence ill becomes you. I will not believe that you have developed some special fondness for the boy. You've never made any secret of the fact that you cannot abide children. Adam is my cousin, your third cousin. You barely knew his parents. Don't spout nonsense about blood being thicker. Kenyon and Claudia Pemberthy had little use for you while they were alive. Now they force you to take guardianship of their brat and deal with his estate and finances. A faint smile flickered at the corner of Edward's lips. I don't think they intended to die so young, he said dryly. Barbara frowned at her husband's interruption. That is neither here nor there. It remains that they did die, and quite without thinking things through. They made no provision at all for Adam's care. If their man of affairs hadn't located us, the responsibility would have fallen on a complete stranger appointed by the court. I fail to understand your dissatisfaction. What is it you resent? He waved a hand negligently about the room, indicating the richness of their surroundings. A near-priceless painting by Titian dominated the wall above the green-veined marble mantelpiece. The carpet beneath their feet had been imported from China at no little cost. The furniture had been designed by the finest craftsmen living during the reign of Queen Anne. You have some objection, perhaps, to living in such luxury? None of it is ours, she said, cutting to the heart of the matter. We have all the burden and none of the gain. When Adam comes of age, everything will be in his control. I don't like it, Edward. It's unfair that we will be discarded without anything to show for our years of caring. You are creating problems where none exist. Adam is only six months old. Who is to say how he will deal with us when he reaches his majority? In the meantime, it is our duty to raise him as befits a Pemberthy. 
Surely that does not inconvenience you. You have not visited the nursery above two times since we've been here. Adam has a wet nurse and a nanny. Eventually he will be sent away to school. It would seem to me that you will enjoy a great many benefits while shouldering very little of the responsibility. But if something were to happen to Adam, she said slyly, things do happen to infants, you know, she added quickly, when Edward's eyes narrowed darkly. They are likely to get all manner of diseases. I'll pretend I didn't hear that, Barbara. You will be wise to keep such thoughts to yourself. I was only speaking of childhood diseases, she defended herself. You were opening a door to murder. Your implications are offensive. Barbara.